0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Phil. I need you to subscribe to the Humanity Matters podcast. Subscribe today. Send me an email, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And let's remember to share love, be kind, be generous. Welcome to the Humanity Matters Broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. This is the podcast where we wrestle with the important question, what does it mean to be human? What's going on, everybody? Dr. Philip Fletcher here and hope everybody is having a great week. Uh, What you're about to hear is a panel discussion that I participated on in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I was sponsored by Arkansas State Representative Dan Sullivan, and the panel was addressing quality of life as it related to uh, the city of Jonesboro and Arkansans on the panel Uh, Joining me is Pastor Iverson Jackson, and he is a pastor of uh, Zoe Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, and also Felicia Johnson. She is a a real estate agent and broker and instructor instructor in uh, the city of Jonesboro. And so it was a great discussion, excuse me, as we looked at what is quality of life uh, look like for an individual? What does it look like for a family? And then uh, we took some Q&A and that'll be uh, heard later in a, a follow-up podcast. So take about an hour of your time. You know, you just work or working out or just need something to listen to as you're driving as we discuss quality of life. And if you have any questions, hey, uh, just hit me up with an email at, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com and I hope you guys enjoy it. God bless.
1: uh, Team Jonesboro did a great thing in starting this discussion about quality of life. Uh, And for me, personally, the quality of life issue began with our Lord and Savior, when he said, I'm back here to save you from your sins. Uh, And then it went on for a few years, and then our Constitution was written and talked about the pursuit of life liberty in the pursuit of happiness and our nation is the first nation that i'm aware of that sets out quality of life in that perspective Uh, so again i appreciate the team Jonesboro folks for bringing this up and i thought we needed to continue that discussion uh, and even more after this continue to have the debate and have discussions what does that look like Uh, so i have uh, three wonderful friends who I've invited to Jonesboro. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But we started out today at lunch, and I think none of them knew each other when we started. We did radio interviews last week together. We did a radio interview yesterday on KLEK all together. These folks didn't know each other. And, y'all, we had a great time today. Uh, getting to know one another and sharing things and hearing about what their thoughts are about quality and life and government and other things and i'll tell you the every good chance to sit down with any one of these people individually they're again are just really quality people i'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell them a little bit about them
0: how are you doing my name is dr Philip fletcher uh husband of nicole been married 22 years uh Father of Nicholas Najee and Michelle. Nicholas attends Henderson State. Uh, My daughter Najee attends UACCM in Morrilton, and then I have uh, oldest or youngest daughter, uh, Michelle. She graduates from Conway High this year from Conway, Arkansas. Lived there for 12 years. Started a nonprofit called the City of Hope Outreach, and our mission is to function as a community development organization focusing on. Uh, human flourishing on the basis of human dignity for the glory of God. And we focus on education, housing, and community development in low-income areas. And we have two locations in Conway and also two locations in uh, South Arkansas. Um, former military officer, served seven and a half years. Uh, former president of Fargo County Tea Party. Uh, politics is my hobby, loving the poor. It was my life's passion. I just glad to be here. Uh, hello, my
2: name is uh, Iverson Jackson, and it's good to be back in Jonesboro again. And so, reacquainting myself with some of you and just thank God for being today. My wife, Mary, uh, is with us, my wife of uh, December 1st, we're 29 years, and we have three children 28, uh, 21. Six and then I was 21. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we pastor Zoe Byron Church in uh, Little Rock, just outside of Little Rock, south of Little Rock. Been pastoring there for 22 years. I'm um, also uh, military retired military uh, 25 years. And so, uh, yeah. And uh, served on several boards there locally, in the fire department, water district, and Chair of the African American Coalition of Arkansas, and I serve on the Southern Life University, Mahamala uh, uh, Foundation. So I, I, I just really believe in getting involved in the local community, working and you know, putting your hands to work where you are, and uh, uh, making a difference in that. And so our, our emphasis is on teaching people how to live according to the biblical standards, which yeah, it's the best quality of life you can live because that's what God said. Came, said came you, can said, can give you life that more abundantly." So, you know, I see a, a partnership working, particularly like we have ministries like Dr. Fletcher uh, that are out there meeting people where they are, and then of course, you know, you have the church. All these things work together, and the church is—we're there to shepherd, to disciple, to teach and train people. He's, he's like a rescue agent. He rescues and then you know, so we are to work together, all right? And
3: Felicia, yes, is that me? Okay. I am Felicia Johnson. I am originally from Little Rock. I graduated from um, Little Rock Fair where I was a war eagle. However, uh, I have 32 years in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And um, my first husband, Leon Johnson, was a um, deputy sheriff with Craighead County, and um, he uh, has since passed. And I am remarried. I've been married for five years to Jerry Lynn Cobb of Lake City, Arkansas. That in itself is a story we can get together later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have a uh, 21-year-old daughter, blessed, pray for me. Uh, She is a senior at the University of Arkansas where she's also a Razorback cheerleader. Uh, She does have credit from Arkansas State University from the classes that she took while she was at Jonesboro High School that were grand concurrent with ASU so she is a Red Wolf and a Razorback. I in Jonesboro have had a real estate license for 20 years. I own a real estate company and a real estate school. I've also been in, um, involved in the community and my latest Thing that I've kind of gotten into is kind of going around to other states and speaking to them about some things in housing that I teach in the local real estate schools. Uh, this week, I've, was it this week or last week? Last week, I was in Evanston, Illinois, um, speaking to them about redlining and what redlining did to their city and how that is still affecting their city and their residents' quality of life. And so hopefully tonight we're going to share some of those things, and hopefully um, we can have some great dialogue, but leave here with more than just dialogue, but an action plan to bring everybody with us and to not just say, this is what I need, this is what I see. I don't think that's um, who we're supposed to be, and if we're Christians and we're talking about Christ, there is no room to leave anybody behind remember when that one sheep was lost he left the 99 to go and find that one and so I hope that's what we can do here tonight. Oh thank you. Good. <laughs> I tell you
1: folks it's, it's just been amazing to meet with all these people today and again I hope you get a chance. We're going to jump right into it. You know I, I worked really hard at not telling them what to say and if you know me that's really hard for me to do. <laughs> I kind of want to direct things and say, this is what we expect, this is what we want, but y'all, I haven't given you any directions, have I? I don't think we would listen. (laughs) Well, that's 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 why they were chosen, because they wouldn't listen anyway. But we're going to go to our first question, which is, what does quality of life look like for an individual, and how does an individual attain it? I'm going to ask them to try to hold their comments to about five minutes, four or five minutes, because
0: I do want to leave time for questions at the end. So, Phil, we'll let you take off. So I'm a preacher by calling. So you might have to give me a I remember one two, minute warning. Two. Yes, <laughs> two got two preachers up gospel. here. Yes. Ooh, the Lord knew I needed
3: something extra. <laughs> yes.
0: So uh, quality of life. Uh, I would like to begin with Irenaeus, uh, uh, one of the ancient church fathers. Fathers. He said this: is that uh, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man uh, fully alive, and. How I understand that to be is him reflecting off of what Jesus Christ said, which has been mentioned, that he had come to that, we would have life and have it uh, to the full, that it would be abundant. Or for the Hebrews, they understood that as shalom, that every aspect of their life, they would experience peace. And so uh, understanding what quality of life means for the individual is as for each and every person that is in here and is not represented in here, what is peace? What does it mean for you to be fully alive? What does it mean for you to be fully alive and thriving, to be achieving your purpose, to be achieving your goals, but ultimately to understand, do you understand who you are? And that even if you don't meet those goals, If you don't achieve all of these dreams that you have, understanding that that does not diminish who you are, a person that is fully alive. Now, from the Christian understanding, a person fully alive is a person who is face to face with Jesus Christ. But even for those that do not assert to that uh, belief, what does it mean even in an American context, an Arkansas context, Jonesboro context, what does it mean for you to be fully alive in this city? What are the things that you are excelling at? What are those things that you are, when you get up in the morning, as you work in the day, you just feel like, wow, this is life. But then what are those things that you're experiencing that is a lack? maybe in a vocation or your job, maybe in your health, it may be where you are living at the current moment. What are those deficiencies that you are experiencing? And then asking yourself how you would have overcome those deficiencies. So my next big thought to this, not only is that you are fully alive, but that each and every human being in here was created in freedom. We're image bearers of God. God is free. And since God is free and we've been made in his image and likeness, we have been made in freedom. So the natural bent of every human being in this place and in this city is to be free. To be able to make his or her own decisions outside of coercion, outside of of a threat, outside of any type of thing that would diminish his or her life, that I would, you would be able to make decisions in which you would know I am free. And nobody can take that away from me. So how do I understand quality of life? One is that man and woman has been made fully alive. Two, that you have been made in freedom, but then three, that a person that is fully alive is on their day-to-day basis is actualizing what freedom looks like to them that brings benefit to their lives and to other people and at the same time not harming themselves or other people. So that's how I would answer, what does it mean to have quality of life for the individual? We're going
2: to keep the same order.
3: <laughs> so, um, that's
2: that Jonesboro hospitality. Let our guests go first. Let our guests go first. I'm I'm just used to doing whatever the ladies say. I have ten <laughs> sisters and three girls and a wife, so I'm used to being told what to do by women. So that's okay. That's okay. Amen. I want to talk about quality of life from a, a practical side. Um, Doctor like Fletcher talked about the spiritual the spiritual side. And I remember my mother, she's seven, just turned seventy-eight this year. But she was telling me uh, about when she was growing up and started having children. She was a single, single mother. Started having children, and you know, one day as the scripture mayor said, if you may have heard of this part. She came to herself and she thought, you know what? I, I've got to do something different. And she prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I want help me raise my children Send me a single mother. And uh, uh, she said, I will to raise my children in the projects. How many of you, when I say the projects, you know what I'm talking? Okay, all right, I think that's at least 50%. If you don't know, ask someone to raise their hand. That's government housing. And and so we never lived in government housing. We did live in houses. The issue then was none of them had running water. And it wasn't until 1972, uh, when I was 10 years old, that we moved into a home that had running water. So for us, the quality (laughs) of life changed drastically. And, you know, those are uh, landmark moves, and I can still remember uh, I've got one sister, my mother's children, one sister older, two sisters younger, and I can remember a sliding over the floor because it was a slab uh, house with uh, tile in the kitchen, you know, you know in the carpet and the other rooms, but I can remember a slide across the floor, and we're thinking we weren't able to do this in the other house because they were just wood floors and you get splinters, <laughs> you know, so that was a significant Move for us now. She's been living in that house now for forty-seven years, and you think about what that does to uh, your your mindset when when you don't have to go fifty feet from the house to uh, kind of your personal business. Uh, and so, when you talk about quality of life, and that began to shape your mindset as an individual, as we talk about what does it look like to an individual. And I remember her saying this, in years later she wanted, she, she learned to drive, she was buying old cars, and she said, I, I want a car that no one else has ever driven. And um, so she saved her money and bought a new car. So I remember those things and how she would just continue to press forward uh, as, as a single mother. She had married for a short time, but you know, had mostly as a single person. And so she taught us never to make excuses. your life. Own your life. Own your mistakes. Get up. Move forward. The Lord will help you through anything. Through anything. So that's what caused me to, you know, to be shaped in a a lot of ways the way I am. To be independent. She told us, never borrow money from people. You know, uh, if you don't have to do without, that's the way she's trained us to be. And so that same independent spirit it's why I got my driver's license at, uh, at 14, and my first car at 15. You know, So those things there, talking about quality of life, the independence, being able to go and come and go and choose, and the government's not involved in any of these things that I'm telling you about, the government was not involved in them. So as individuals, we have to, we have to say, uh, you know, what is it that I desire? And what I desire was to be able to do things for myself. I can remember being 12 years old, and some of you will remember the EOA. Y'all remember the Equal Opportunity Agency? Well, they had summer work programs. Now, I'm 12 years old. This is before computers, and uh, I had to be 14 to the work there as a summer job. So I put my age up to 14, and I worked there for two summers, and I was 14 for two summers. <laughs> and then, uh, when I turned 14, I went to work for another government agency called OIC. Had to be 16. So I put my age up to 16. And I was 16 for two summers. And then when I turned 16, if you ever been to Little Rock, there's, a, there's an interstate there at 440. Well, I went to work uh, during the summer for Austin uh, Bridge because they had the contract to do that at the bridge. At 16, I was working with grown men, making more money than my mother. So there's no, you know, if we want a good quality of life, we have to be willing to put our whole self into it. Intuit and do whatever it takes to get that done. Don't make excuses and don't allow anyone to make excuses for you Own Whatever it is that's, that's going on in your life and then say here's the way out. I can do something better. So that's been uh, The way I have seen quality of life is you do something about it You know you do something what I found if you're willing to do something people will get with you can I use the term "get with you" around y'all? The white folks know what "get with you" now? They'll help you. Sorta. Sorta. They'll help you. And and I think everybody in here, if you see someone trying to do something, you'll get with them. Amen. And you'll help them bring up their quality of life. Amen. Ma'am? So you have the
3: spiritual, you have the practical, and I'm going to give you felicia. I, I live. <laughs> I live in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I moved here with my mother, who was a single mother. Uh, my father and me, she divorced. I don't ever remember my dad living in the house with us. Now, let me tell you, my dad has always been in my life. They shared custody, so I'm not lacking a father figure. But when we moved here, my mom was one of the top managers of the Social Security Administration. I moved from Little Rock to Jonesboro, Arkansas in 1991. I came from a city to Jonesboro, Arkansas in 1991. I was shell shocked. <laughs> a whole bunch of white people. Everywhere. I didn't see anybody that looked like me. They all looked like you. At church, we were church of Christ. In that in that day, there were no minority churches of Christ. So we settled at Southwest Church of Christ, where there's about 800 families, and they're all white. If you had to ask that child then what quality of life was like for her, I didn't think I had a very good quality of life because the things that I was used to, I no longer had. Not only was I in a new city, a new school, a new church. There was no one there that looked like me. And while some people may think that that's not a big deal, it is a big deal. Look around at who's in this room. Who's in this room? What? What? Who said it? White people. There are not very many minorities represented here. And I feel like we still have that going on in Jonesboro, Arkansas, in 2019. Amen. So, um, I believe that what Tim Jonesboro wanted, I think we all want. We just want it sometimes in a different way. If we talk about um, having amenities that keep people here and bring people here, well, let me tell you, as a real estate agent, when people come to this town and they, if they don't look like you or if they come from large cities, if they've gone to medical school anywhere outside of the United States, they don't know if they want to come here and live here yet because they see no culture. For that type of talent to want to come here and stay here, We have got to offer something more than just what I consider going to play football, going to play basketball, going bowling. Those are all fun and well. But what are those things that are going to sow into people's lives? I think we're wholly missing the boat on that. And that's from Felicia in Jonesboro. Nobody else up here. It's me. That's quality of life. I feel like quality of life is to walk into ASU and see people that look like me, for our children to continue to walk in classrooms that see people that look like them. And when we elected Barack Obama, what do we call him? What type of president was he? The history-making, he was the first black president But the first thing I want to ask you is, was he also not white? But we label him as the first black president. I want to know why. I want to know who came up with that. I don't mean to take that away from him, because that's very important. It's very important in the lives of minority children. But I want to know where that moniker came from.
2: Media.
3: Okay, the media. So, as a black person in Jonesboro, Arkansas, living in the United States of America, we're missing the boat. We continue to miss the boat because if you don't see it my way, that's where the conversation stops. The conversation cannot stop. We don't talk about politics, we don't talk about religion, we don't talk about money because we don't know how to have a civil conversation and to share those ideas and to be like, okay, we're just going to agree to disagree. My opinion is my opinion, your opinion is your opinion, but we cannot leave people behind. And I feel like that is what we continue to do.
1: Pass it down there to Iverson. i let Iverson start you. Thank you all. I hope you can see now why I invited these folks. They share their minds. They are very informed. You know, I want everyone here to think about what informs you of your decisions. We all make decisions every day. What informs you on how you make a decision? These are people, all three of these, that have helped me frame what I believe. Uh, either by agreement or disagreement, but having those conversations. But our next question was, what does quality of life look like for a family? So Iverson, go ahead. All
2: right. Quality of life what does it look like for a family? Now just multiplying what what uh, what we talk about as an individual and growing that. Now every every sane parent that I know will say, I want my children to have better better than me and for the most part, uh, I mean, we have the highest standard of living we in the the highest standard of living in the world, or let me say like this, we have available to us the highest standard of living in the world, and it's what we expect from ourselves as, as, and our families, and our families have that, uh, uh, that opportunity to at least pursue our dreams. There are no guarantees. We know there are no guarantees, but to have the opportunities to at least pursue that is so very important. And that's what our founding documents, that's what they guarantee us. They don't guarantee us what happened, but they guarantee us that we can pursue it. And for, if I wanted my wife and I from our three girls to have a better life, and certainly they have a better life. Now she's from, not from Arkansas, she's from Maryland, but she grew up a lot like she was 14 before they had running water. Well, actually, somebody said earlier today, they always had running water just outside, you know, <laughs> running a creek behind the house. And, and so, you know, we, we think about how advanced we are in civilization, yet how far we can be apart because communities are disconnected. And my heart's desire as we raise our children, would be for everybody to see everybody else just as as people. And then, when we do that, we don't make decisions based on our external, you know, uh, suitcases. This is a suitcase that carries me around, you know, and that. So what does it look like? What does that uh, quality of life look like? I want my children as any would like your children to be raised in safety. so forth. I was talking to someone the other day and I said a lot of our children don't know some of their relatives that well, even the ones that are that age, because our my wife and I uh, we didn't take them around with them that much. And the reason we did is because their uh, belief system did not fall in line like ours did. You know, they they did not have the same principles for life that we had. Let me give you an example. Two thousand twelve we had a family reunion in Detroit, Michigan. Well, we, we you know, loaded the family and went to Detroit. And when we got there, their cousins that were about their age, they were a little bit younger. Our girls at that time were uh, 21, 19, and 12. And the first thing their cousins asked them is, where are your babies? They was like, what? I said, where are your babies? You, 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 you ain't got no babies? You don't have a baby? And our girls were just like in shock. What do you mean you don't have a baby? You know? So we want, you know, the way we've raised our children is very different. And so, quality of life for one family may be one thing, maybe having children so you can get a check. But quality of life is, you know, teaching them that you some things are for, for married people and you get your life together before that. We got all the material things. We got all the material things, but material things don't matter if your family is totally torn. Mm-hmm. So some folks know the total thing, don't mm-hmm. <laughs> Or Ada, we used to use a lot of those terms in the military. So, so those things there—that the things that we cannot put our hands on—are it's also a part of the quality of life that—that's really the most important part. Um, one of our daughters, daughters, she works for Fort airline, so her and the youngest daughter and I went out to lunch yesterday. And you know, it's amazing. People say, your children still want to be around you? It's like, well, yeah. We go out and have fun all the time. You know, we don't have a problem like that. So people, you can have money. Like you can have the greatest community that you can live in as far as all the things like Felicia was talking about amenities and all these places. And, and, things, and those things are great, they're, they're lovely to have. But I want to emphasize having having an intact family, having, and when I say intact, you know, I know we got all own limits, and I'm not talking about that, but teaching uh, children how to respect one another, respect yourself, and loving one another. That to me, when you talk about family, there is no greater quality of life than having a family that loves one another. You know, if we lived in a tent, If we lived in a tent, and we were there together, that would be a higher quality of life than someone living in a mansion, and you hate to see each other. So that to me, when we talk about family, and and they'll talk about a different aspect of it, but I want to emphasize that aspect of quality of life for a family, and that is that we have to show love, whatever it takes, forgive, forgive, and... Get your faith working. Don't ever give up on your on your loved ones. Don't ever give up on your children. You know, don't give up on your marriages and things like that. Because uh, it, the Holy Spirit will help us through it all. Yes. But quality of life is having your family together, loving on one, one another, and being glad to see
0: them come and the go. Right.
2: Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.
0: Yeah, so this uh, question gets a lot harder. My parents been married uh, going on 47 years uh, and I hope to achieve what they have achieved, ups and downs. But what they have taught me and my sister, a younger sister, uh, they live in Louisville, Kentucky, is one of endurance, uh, one of faith, obviously, uh, and most importantly, one of love through uh, good times and hard times. And so when I read that word Uh, family, immediately what comes to mind is Philip Lee and Georgette Fletcher, 47 years, uh, got married February 12, 1972. Uh, That's what I see when I read that word, family. And what I know of what they taught us in word, but more importantly, indeed, of what it means to be a family immediately and then uh, our extended family on both sides, so I understand that for myself, uh, but fast forward, what family means in our culture in America is changing, like I said, when I read the word "family," I think of a man and a woman reproducing and their children. Now, when I read the word "family," I have to think of man and woman who have the ability to produce children, but also I have to look at that word now and it also means two men who adopt children, two women who adopt children. So what does family now mean? And I echo what my brother says, that at the end of the day, it is about love. That even if we're just living in a box, do we love each other or will we endure with one another? Right, and so we can get into the the different traditional aspects of what it means to be a family and even how that differs in cultures. Because we have the world that comes to America. And what family means in America is different than what family means in Mexico or what it means in the Middle East or what it means in Asia or in Europe. They have different emphasis on what is important of as it relates to a family. And so again, uh, this larger question, what does a quality of life look for each one of these individual households? Again, drawing back from my first uh, response, a love, an affirmation that is building one another up but it is also contributing to a society. And so could you live with your quality of life in your household, with a family that is radically different than yours? Whether it's single, a father with his kids or a mother with her kids, or as I said, two males, two females. Is their quality of life any less than yours? Are you elevating yours as more important than theirs? These are more questions that I'm asking myself because now coming to Jonesboro, you are in a college town. And so colleges entertain these ideas about what it means to be a family. And that those students that graduate and choose to stay here in Jonesboro, they may bring non-traditional ideas of what it means to be a family. Is Jonesboro Prepared for that type of acceptance of that quality of life.
2: Hmm.
3: Ask it again.
0: Are we ready? Or are you ready? I know what happens in Conway. We have three colleges. And so the amount of students who come, think about this outside of Conway, outside of Arkansas. I grew up in California, Southern California and how Southern Californians view family and life is different than here in the South. And so colleges, again, you are importing different views of life into your city. And then when you ask yourself to get to these other larger questions about the city and the chamber, wanting to have businesses and approved amenities so that younger people can stay. Look what everything that you are bringing with that. And more than likely, they're gonna be families that have different cultural perspectives than families that have grown up here in the South. Y'all hear me? I hear you. Are you hear? This is the same discussion I had in Conway. And they was like, what are you talking about? Right? But I was like, you've got three colleges. And what do colleges do? They recruit. And where do they want to recruit from? They don't want to recruit from in their city. They, my daughter, she gets college applications from Oklahoma, California, New York. They want them to come there, but, they're going, but what you're going to get is the culture that that child grew up with. And they're gonna look at you and be like, well, what do you mean? My family had two men in it. That's a family? How are you gonna tell me that wasn't a family? Are you gonna tell them that that wasn't their family? Just like you don't want nobody to tell you, you have a mom and a dad, traditional sense, that's not a family. So we have to ask ourselves, we have to do some introspection into this whole question about quality of life as it relates to families. Because families, and I'll be quiet, families are the building blocks of society. Families build societies which build culture. And what you bring from one place to another is everything that you learn coming out of what? That family, what it is to love, what it means to forgive, what it means to be generous, what it is to how you conflict resolute. Maybe it is peaceful. Maybe it is, I punch you in the face. Because that's what I saw in my family. All of those things we have to consider. And we can't look at ourselves and just say, this is how every family is supposed to be. Yeah, at some level. Yeah, love. Every family should love. But those things that rise up on top of that, we have to consider, be sympathetic to and figure out how can we be supportive of these families in such a way that they know that their quality of life is being achieved. It's hard, but that's what it means to live in a society of individuals. Amen. So I'm going to
3: answer this question from a realtor's point of view. Someone who, um, whose job, I, I want to keep people coming into Johnsboro. And, I don't want, and I'm not going to move houses in Jonesboro and not go out of the state. So I'm going to answer uh, what quality, quality of life for a family would look like based on my training. And it echoes what both of them have said, especially Phil here. Our traditional definition of what a family should look like isn't changing. It has changed. If we're going to talk strictly economics, We have got to be able to get on that boat and be able to say, your family has two women in it. Your family has two men in it. You know what? Let's buy a house. What else do you need to know? What else would people need to know? They need to know the same things that a family with a husband and a wife need to know. Where should I send my kids to school? Where's the grocery store? We don't get to pick what families look like. And if our city continues to try to do those type of things, we won't have what we think we should have. How are we going to say that we're going to do A, B, and C with some type of money so that we can bring talent in when we're trying to pull talent from large places where their families don't look like what our traditional model here looks like. So you can't tell me that you want to keep, keep talent here, which is okay, but you want to pull talent from outside of Jonesboro. What you gonna do, pick who comes? If we have all these great amenities that everybody is talking about and that everybody wants because we want to pull people from outside of Jonesboro in, how, how we want people to say, because, because this one has this, this is the one that we want? It doesn't work that way. If you want amenities and we get amenities, then you have to be ready for different people who live differently. You have no choice in that. If you want our community to stay just the way it is, let's continue to do just what we do. That for sure will keep us exactly just like this. But if it's about economics, we got to get on the ball. And I know that that is radical. Somebody may say I'm trying to change the definition of what a family is. Now, I'm a real estate agent. I'm trying to make this money. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I am an economic developer for the city of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Our realtor population, our real estate agents, go out there every single day, and we have got to promote a town to singles and to families. What are you giving us to work with? What are we giving the people that are out there looking at us? Why would they want to come here? Why do they want to spend their tax dollars here? Why do their children want to go to Arkansas State University? What do those families need? Even families that don't look like what we think they should look like. And I can't tell you, you have to ask them. We have got to stop assuming what he needs, what I need, what he needs. Because, what, what, oh, I can't say would assume, you know, the, if you assume, make a, whatever, yeah. that's not <laughs> good. But asking people, what is it that you need? But you also have to realize that because I'm a black lady and Kanisha back there is a black lady, if you ask me what I need, my answer will be completely different than Kanisha's. Just because I'm black and a woman doesn't mean our ideas are going to be the same. So you have to be willing to ask those questions and not just of one group of black people one person in the Hispanic community we're all individuals we're all different and you will get different answers and we have got to find a way to ask those questions and then go about trying to meet those needs
1: we all know y'all think quickly and I'm going to bypass the third question and, and, and kind of skip a little bit. So we've talked a lot about what quality of life is. And by the way, when we met with the uh, Economic Development Center at ASU today, I, was, I learned a lot. and I was introduced uh, to a different perspective or a different way to look at quality of life. One was a place of quality of life, and then what does life as quality looks like? And I think that's really a good distinction. There's a difference between a quality place and a quality of life. And we've talked about a lot about uh, the spiritual side and a few other things. But tell us how we attain quality of life. That was in your questionnaire, by the way, if y'all remember that. So how do we, whether it's a family or an individual, how do you get
0: there? All righty. So this is the fun stuff right here. So... Uh, Pulling back off of my original question or answer freedom We were all created free The best way for me to address my quality of life and my needs that is different than Her needs his needs your needs so on and so forth. is me going out to you young man I've got this widget. You need this widget. I'm going to sell you this widget for X amount of dollars. He says, you know what? I'm going to buy said widget from you. I'm happy because my need is met. He's happy because his need is met. Young lady, I have this widget. And in fact, I've sold 10 of these widgets now. Because I've sold 10 of these widgets, I can sell it to you at a much lower price. Do you want to buy this widget? Well shoot, I'll buy 100 of these widgets. Awesome. So I take the money I've made from my free transaction with him, my free transaction with her, my free transaction with all y'all, okay? And for whatever reason, I use that money to meet my need. my need. But I've also, guess what, met y'all needs. Listen to Thomas Soul, who knows who he is. All right. Thomas Soul said this. You know why Michael Jackson was so successful? He was able to meet more needs than any other musician at his time. People needed his type of music and people paid to hear it. Why is Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos so rich? Because each one of them found a need and each one of us in here has accessed it. Who has Facebook account? Who's used Amazon at least once? Who's used Windows at least once or bought it?
3: How many times a day do you use Amazon? You should ask that.
0: So here's the beauty of quality of life. I did not coerce this young man to buy my widget. I did not put a gun to her head and say, you're going to buy my widget. I did not go down to Little Rock and say, hey, you know what? They ain't buying my widgets. So what I need y'all to do is increase their taxes and then give me the money that I would have got for their widgets and then give it to me. That's coercion. I said, hey, you know what? I've been working hard at this, sir. This widget does this, this, and this. And I see that you're going to need this, this, and this. And so I'm not coercing him at all, I'm persuading him. He's happy, I'm happy. I'm improving my quality of life by pursuing my self-interest and pursuing my happiness. What does that look like for 350 million people in the United States? who are able to interact with each other, not coercively, not being forced to, or being hustled, but saying, hey, you know what, I've got this widget. You want this widget? Yeah. Hey, you wanna connect with your friends? Yeah, I got this thing called Facebook. Hey, you wanna get your stuff quicker and cheaper or look at your options? I got this thing called Amazon. Nobody has forced anybody in here to use Amazon, am I correct? You could go down to this mom and pop shop or Walmart right now and probably get the same thing. Could you? But for some odd reason, you wanna be like, Alexa, order me this. <laughs> or pay Amazon Prime 129 bucks so you can get it two days free. Anybody got Amazon Prime? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll give you video and yes. Audible. Nobody forced you to do that. But don't you like that freedom? Do you like that freedom? Do you love that freedom? So what would it look like then if people had the freedom to live where they wanted? And people had the freedom to build a house the way they wanted. (laughs)
3: Bring
0: on <laughs> what would it look like if people had the freedom this is what happens in Conway I don't know about Jonesboro that I don't have to go down to the permit place to pull a permit so that I could build a gazebo in my, back. in my backyard I could just build that freely one because it's my house two because I, well I'm paying property taxes on it anyway but it's my house I've always wondered this now shut up if I'm paying property taxes to Faulkner County, shouldn't I go to Faulkner County and ask them, "Can you pay my mortgage?" <laughs> Never mind, y'all. Remember, I'll, I'll let y'all sit on there. I mean, right? It's my house. Why am I paying you for my house? So if I'm paying you for my house, you have some sense of ownership over my house. So if you have some sense of ownership over my house, I should come to you at least once a month and ask you for the mortgage on my house. Isn't that shared responsibility? Isn't that collectivism? Isn't that? Let's share in all this. But I know that's not the case because government takes. They don't really want to give back, right? Government takes. They don't want to ever give back. Like Ronald Reagan said, the hardest thing to kill is a government program.
2: True to form. Uh, what, uh, how to achieve quality life, that's, that's the question. Uh, I think we start with exposure, because you don't know what you don't know. Uh, I didn't know that I was poor until someone told me I was poor when we were small and growing up. And it's when you are exposed to something on a higher plane, and then you have a desire to achieve that, and you look really at the qualifications for that, and
0: then you start doing
2: something different. Because, you know, if you always do what you've always done, said that earlier, then you'll always get what you always have. And so as we are exposed to a higher quality of living, a higher quality of life, and we begin to pursue it, can like remember, 19, January 20th, 1985, Going to my uh, uh, officer basic course training, Aberdeen Program, Ground, Maryland, slowly, and I get to my uh, BOQ uh, basic officer course, and I get there, turn on television, and the first face I see there is a black face. This is in 1985, okay? Uh, and I said, "Oh, okay. Now here's my line. That wasn't same, so the language is a little different." That's all we got to tell person to. It's, it's okay if we have this conversation right? And so I turned the channel to another news station. There was another black person. Wow, I turned the channel, there's another black person. You now, Aberdeen program, for those of you who don't know, it's about 29, 30 miles north of Baltimore. And I start seeing things there that had not happened in the south yet you know, 19, how many years ago was that? 30, some 40, almost 40 years, ago. something like that. 35, 34 years ago. So so I'm there and then, you know, as, as time goes on, and I'm down in DC with a friend of mine. We went through his neighborhood, uh, Dr. Glee, who used to be the finance director at the University of Maryland, went widow his house, He's, he looked like me. And his home was in better his house was featured in Better Homes and Gardens. And he took us around through the neighborhood. And in my mind, my little black country boy mind, only white folks could live in a neighborhood like this. But every house we went to, nice, big, pretty houses. The people were black, like me. Now, you know that, and I'm thinking, wow. Now, listen, it's an exposure, right? I said to myself, black people can live like this exposure because in Arkansas I didn't know anyone now I'm just 23 years old I didn't know anyone that looked like me that lived like that. And it wasn't just the one person you know out of the whole population. This was was the normal. This was the normal. So when you get exposed to to higher level living then you get to desire What you saw, and so it made me uh, want to to strive to do better, to achieve more, because I knew that it was possible because someone already done it. So that's what you know. That's what we have to do is continue to push forward, like the lady we met at the Hispanic Center today. And it's the same thing, friends. We may look a little different, but we're all the same. You know, yes, I was black, but you take some little uh, uh, poor white country that they never been out of buck tussle. And it's the same thing. They don't know that you can live in a, in a house that they think you got to live in a cabin. Y'all ever seen the devil humans? Remember them? You know? So I'm saying we are all just people. But our cultures may be a little bit different. And it does matter because we do need to see things. We do and like Felicia said, yeah, it did make a difference that the person in the White House looked a little different at that time. That did make a difference there. You know, you don't have to agree with this. I'm not talking about this policy or politics or believe that. Okay? I'm not talking about that. So I'm saying that we are moving forward as a community, as a family, how do we achieve that? Some of these children don't, 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 don't let me finish up with Hispanic. Like the lady said, she that uh, runs the center, she takes the little Hispanic children and take them over to the hospital so they can see a Hispanic doctor. And they know they can be more than, you know, work on the street crew or, you know, put the towels on a shingle house. Nothing. All those are honorable professions. There's nothing wrong with any of them. But you also need to understand that if you want to do more or, you know, go to a different career path. My dad was a mechanic. I just don't, if I never see another rich about me at all. Okay, I can remember getting up in the middle of the night at 2 o'clock in the morning, having to go pull pull people out of the ditch. We had a towing service, body shop and all that stuff. So, I don't miss it. And one one time, my dad was working on on one of the dump trucks. And he
0: he said, uh, well, you remember how we used to do this? This was just a few years ago. I said, Dad, I worked
2: real hard to forget. I worked (laughs) real hard to forget. But that's how we, when, when I look at things, is, and, and that's why I always want my children to be exposed to more, to see that there's more to life than just this don't, you, know, you know, get 13 and have a baby, and then you know you lock down for years, maybe. But there's more to life, and so how to achieve it is to be exposed to it and to be inspired by it, and then to do whatever it takes to, to make it. Better. And that's to me has been the path to achieving quality of
0: life. Conversation.
3: Often. Mm -hmm. With people you don't know. That helps achieve quality of life. So my husband and I uh, bought this house right before we got married. And he has two adult children. And I had one at the time that was 15 or 16. And it was too much house for us. I wanted it. So, I made a deal with God. I said, let me buy this house, and I'll use it for you. Okay? Kennedy graduates, and immediately I sent an email to our church leaders, and I said, we have three bedrooms, two baths, full living room, full kitchen." That can be used for anybody that has any need. Well, we got sent the Duraja Children's Choir from Africa. We have been sent um, an apprentice at Wolf Life, um, the, uh, the Church of Christ Student Center for Latin Better Words, at ASU. we have we uh, housed an apprentice for a year. And we did not know it. We have never seen nor heard this person's name or face. Before her, we had somebody for a year that...
0: This has been the Humanity Matters podcast, discussing and reflecting on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, visit our website, PhilipFletcher.org, Or you can shoot us an email, leave us a comment, email us at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on YouTube under Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.